Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. This guy posted on Reddit that if uh, he's not home on time, the time that his wife and he agreed that he would be returning to their their shared house, that uh, his wife charges him a $50 late fee. Ridiculous. <laughs> Matt, what do you think of that? Uh, it doesn't sound like a particularly healthy relationship. I mean, either he's so irresponsible that him being late all the time has become like a big problem, or she's so controlling that she thinks this fine is going to kind of make things right. It, yeah. it sounds like they, this is a symptom of uh, some bigger issues that they're having. It almost sounds like a way out for the guy, too. For example, he's <laughs> out partying with his buddies. He's like, well, I said I'd be home at 10. You know what? I'll just stay out till 2 and give her 50 bucks. <laughs> right? That'll make it right, and everything will be fine tomorrow. Yeah, it's like yeah. when you wouldn't return your your uh, your rentals from the movie store. You'd be like, oh, you know what? I'm too busy today. I'll just pay the late fees and yeah. return them tomorrow. What are the odds, though, your wife gets the 50 bucks, but then she's also still mad at you? Because it's not going to just take away her emotions, right? It doesn't solve every, everything. We have a listener on the phone wants to remain l- nameless. He says that uh, one of his buddies is in a similar situation. Go ahead. Yeah, so basically, like, he's got, well, she put together, like, a chore list, and every single one of those chores has a, a monetary value if he doesn't do it. Like, how much money? Um, well, I think she, he owes, he, last time I talked to him, he owed her, like, $600 <laughs> from not doing chores. Does he actually pay her? Uh, he does. Yeah. So does, she, does he justify it by saying that's like what her labor costs would be, or what's the punishment? I don't get the money thing. Um, she just—that's just her way of making sure it gets done. Well, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it doesn't go both ways. You know, like he if doesn't she doesn't do her chores, he's he not getting money. Exactly. That's not fair. Hmm. She sounds like a real prize. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Did he do? Did he do something at some point where he screwed up big time, so now she just has to keep him on a tight leash, or has he just been under her thumb since the relationship started? No, he's just been under her thumb since the relationship started. I can see it if yeah. like, he forgot a chore, like to do, to clean the bathroom or something, and ended up like leading to a flooded basement, or you know, like he right. did something. Or real he bad. he went away with his buddies, or had an affair, or something. You know, like something bad happened. He did something, and it was like, if you don't change, if you don't start putting a hundred percent into this relationship, it's over. And just to make sure you do it, every time you don't get something done, you're paying me money. Mm-hmm. Nope. No, that's just, uh, you know, I, well, that, listen, he's uh, definitely a guy who was uh, happy um, when marijuana was legalized. <laughs> so I have a feeling that, you know, there's a there's maybe a little slacker bone in his body. Right. And, uh, you know. So she's just trying to make him a better just, person. Yeah, well, she's just trying to make him a better human being. And profiting from it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It just reminds me of like a story in the book Freakonomics where you go, what motivates people? And there's a story about a, 
a, a nursery or a preschool or whatever, and parents kept on picking up their kids late. So they decided that they were going to put a monetary penalty if you came and picked up your kids late. So now even more parents started picking their kids up late because they felt guilt-free because they gave people money. They so knew they, they could get fun. away with it. They knew that they could get away with it, so now they paid It's like, way. I'm not taking out the garbage. I'll just give her 10 bucks. So it's penance, yeah. basically. So he's not doing it because he can just say, oh, I just pay. I can just pay her. So it's like, it works back. <laughs> but he does pay her. Like, if she if she comes home, he'll rush home if something's oh, not yeah. done so he doesn't have to give her the money. Oh, yeah. Like, there's been there's been days where, like, you know, like, you'll be standing around having a beer and it'll be like, oh, got to go, guys. Only got seven minutes left to wash the car. <laughs> That's going to cost me $50 if I don't do it. Exactly. <laughs> hey, thanks. That sounds crazy to me. I just don't get the paying stuff. Like, it's like... A store buying their own thing, like you, you pay. She's yourself. already entitled to the labor, or what? Well, no, like I, I pay. You pay your wife fifty dollars. Like what? It's all your money. Like who? Like what's? Where's the money going? Well, like, obviously they don't have one joint bank account. <laughs> you pay her into the shared bank account. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like reverse allowance. Hi, go ahead. You're on with Taz and Jim. I listen to you guys every morning. <laughs> what's your name? It's Shannon. Shannon, do you charge your husband for things in your relationship? I don't. I um, Our money's the same. He's the only one that works, right? So if he pays me, I'm going to go buy groceries with it anyway. Yeah. But what if your husband or your your wife doesn't do anything and or clean up after themselves? So it kind of makes sense to charge them. If you're not going to clean up after yourself, I'm not your mom. <laughs> it makes sense to charge a prisoner if they don't yeah. keep up with the demands or something. it's Or dock someone's pay if they're not yeah. doing their job. This should be yeah. a mutually beneficial arrangement you guys have where you, with through your own respect for each other, respect for your home, you should do your chores. I think in the majority, maybe in some relationships, setting up a payment system, <laughs> if you're not pulling your weight in the relationship, would work as an incentive. But I would guess in the majority of relationships, it would just make things worse. Oh, it wouldn't work in our relationship. I tell him to go shove if he said I need to owe him money because I didn't clean the dishes or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't punish somebody for not doing it. Reward somebody for doing it. It's way exactly. more positive. It works that way with kids, right? Yeah. Adults are kind of the same. If you they do something and then you give them something for doing it, then they're going to want to do it more because they're going to get something for yeah, it. Yeah, your, uh, your husband uh, does the dishes and you didn't ask him? Send him a nude selfie. I wish my husband did the dishes. <laughs> he probably wishes you'd send him nude selfies. <laughs> That's a good idea, though. You do my dishes, I'll send you nude selfies. <laughs> hey, Jim wants to come over and do your dishes. <laughs> Maybe that'll give your husband some incentive. It might. It might. That or, that or I might be in trouble. Good news for Ghostbusters fans. They're making a direct sequel to the 1980s Ghostbusters movies. Directed by Jason Reitman, the son of Ivan Reitman, who directed the original Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2. They're going to ignore the most recent Ghostbusters movie with this new one. Just kind of pretend it never happened. (laughs) So we're asking you, what sequels should we do the same with? Just pretend never happened and we can pick up the story from like the end of the last good episode of the, the films. 
they do this. This seems to be the new thing. Halloween just did the same, didn't they? They yes. They negated all the sequels after the first Halloween movie, and they did a um, the new Jamie Lee Curtis Halloween. Yeah. It's supposed to pick up after the first film, which is weird because she was also in her, Halloween two thousand, I think it was called, or something. H two O. H two O. Yeah, which was decent. I she guess she was but, in Halloween two. Yeah, so she had she had been in a couple of the sequels, but they said no, none of those <laughs> other ones counted. We're starting over. It's confusing, man. Um, got some text message suggestions. We should just erase every DC Comics movie made after The Dark Knight. (laughs) (laughs) That's not bad. Jeremy says, Can we please pretend that The Sandlot Part 2 and 3 never happened? They ruined my favorite movie of all time. (laughs) He sent us a picture. He's got a Sandlot tattoo. You're killing me, Smalls! Is that a s'more? Yeah. (laughs) You're killing me, Smalls. I didn't even know there was a Sandlot Part 2 or 3. I had seen a, a recent one that was made in like the 90s, but I thought it was a remake, not necessarily a uh, a, a sequel. Must have been direct-to-DVD on those ones. <laughs> uh, what do we got? Get rid of Home Alone 3. That one wasn't that bad. Well, maybe it was. I don't know. I watched it when I was 10 in theaters, but there was a remote-controlled car with a camera on it, and I always wanted you one. You just thought that was cool yeah, as a little yeah. kid. It was probably terrible. Let's be serious. Again, I didn't even know there was a Home Alone 3. <laughs> Did, knew, Macaulay wasn't in it, so is it really Home Alone? I knew it was. Uh, there was Lost in New York. Yeah. Donald Trump made the cameo. Didn't know about the three. Hi, FM 96. What sequel should be deleted from continuity? Terminator Genesis. I think we could get rid of number three as well. All of them but one and two, I say. Even the TV show. Number three wasn't bad. It still kind of followed it, but, like, okay, the beginning of Terminator Genesis was great, how they did the the rewrite of the first movie where where Arnold comes in and kills the first guy. Yeah. But the rest of the the movie was just ridiculous, like making John Connor the bad guy. We're We're also forgetting about Terminator Salvation. The best part of that movie was Christian Bale freaking out on the lighting guy, <laughs> and that didn't happen on screen. Terminator Genesis was just horrible. We should we should either do something different or just forget about it. Oh, good for you! <laughs> Get rid of all the Jurassic Park sequels. The first one was a masterpiece. Uh, Thor 2 The Dark World can go. Iron Man 3 was just brutal. I liked Iron Man 3 more than I liked Iron Man 2. Without a doubt, it's better than 2, for sure. That's with the guy with the electrical whips. Whiplash, Whiplash, yeah, yeah. No, the third one's way better. Transformers 2 through 5 can uh, be deleted. (laughs) So Transformers 1 can stick around, and Bumblebee is a good movie. So just those two should be the only two official Transformers movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Morning, just uh, talking about sequels this morning. Sequels that should be eliminated. Right, so we could have done without the third Turtles movie when they went to Japan. <laughs> oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Lost in, Ju- Lost in Time? Yeah. Is that what it was? You're yeah. okay with Secrets of the Ooze where they're oh, doing that a... that one was all right, yeah. They're doing an onstage uh, dance-off with Vanilla Ice. You thought yeah. that was totally cool. Oh, of course. <laughs> But, uh, no, the time travel thing was too far. Hi, FM96. Good morning, guys. I just wanted to give you another quick comment on the uh, movie continuity. Yeah, sequel uh, that you think should be completely deleted from a timeline. Uh, 
Well, just to follow up on the Terminator one, uh, Arnold is actually currently filming a new Terminator, and it is supposed to be a direct sequel to 2, so it will erase the continuity of everything after 2. Wow. It's almost like they sent the Terminator back from the future to correct the mistakes of the past. <laughs> exactly. So watch out for that movie. That's coming soon. Is it wine? Or sex move? It's a good move. You're not kidding. It's a good move. Wine or sex move is the game we're playing this morning, and Leo is our contestant. How you doing, Leo? Not too bad yourself. Pretty good. Title of the game basically explains it. Jim's going to give you the name of something. It's either a bottle of wine or slang for a sex move. Okay? (laughs) Sounds good. You guess which is which. You get enough right. And we're going to hook you up with the prize. What's the first one, Jim Kelly? Wine or sex move, mad housewife. (laughs) Wine or sex move. I got to say that's a wine. You are correct, sir. The mad housewife. It's a beautiful Merlot with hints of blackberry. It's tagline, what's domestic bliss without a little wine? <laughs> nice. Every every sex move for Taz though is the madhouse wife. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm right here, eh? Thanks a lot. Sounds like he gets his own bailout bouquet all the time. <laughs> the bailout bouquet might be a wine or a sex move too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about this wine or sex move? Balancing act. Ooh, I'm gonna go with sex move. You are correct. Yeah. That is when a man lays on his back with his legs straight up in the air and the woman sits down between his thighs. <laughs> this one the is the old balancing act. <laughs> is this wine or sex move? Padlock. Hmm. <laughs> you want a bottle Kinda of kinky. padlock? I'm gonna go with uh, yeah, wine. Incorrect, sir. That is a sex move. That's where a woman sits on the edge of a high piece of furniture, like a table or a washing machine. The padlock. The padlock. How about this? We're uh, down three. We've got two to go. Oops. Wine or sex move? <laughs> oops. Pardon? Just oops. O-O-P-S. Oops. Wine or sex move? I don't think it's a sex move that any guy wants to do, but I'm going to say it's a wine. You are correct. Yeah. Made from 70% car- Carmenere and 30% Merlot. <laughs> Brings together a delicious pair that pairs well with grilled or roasted red meats, hearty pastas, and aged cheeses. Oops. Go ahead with your joke about my sex life, Jim. Oops. That's what Taz says every time. <laughs> <Yeah>. Last <laughs> one here. Let's see if you can get it, Leo. All right. Wine or sex move? Elephant on a tightrope. <laughs> Wine or sex move? <laughs> this one's hard. Also, Taz, that's wine, what she said. <laughs> Elephant on a tightrope. We need an answer. Wine or sex move? I'm going to say wine. You are correct. Yes. <laughs> Full, rather lifeless wine. Pale in color with some easy raspberry flavors. Soft and just sweetened <laughs> till finish. I'm just trying to picture, if it was a sex move, what the elephant on a tightrope would be. What's the elephant? What's the tightrope? I think we all know what the elephant is. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hey, congratulations. Leo, you're going to check out the Wine and Food Show this Friday night at Western yeah. Fair, courtesy of the Taz Show, okay? Beauty. Peacock's here, talking sports. They're saying that the Patriots... Kansas City Chiefs game could be the coldest in NFL history this weekend, Dev. Yeah, the uh, National Weather Service is projecting an Arctic blast to settle over Kansas City. Temperatures at kickoff could range from 10 degrees Fahrenheit to well below zero. 10 degrees Fahrenheit. What's that? Do the conversion there, Jim. It is minus 12. Minus 12? So 10 degrees Fahrenheit. So well below zero Fahrenheit? (laughs) That's really cold. It's a, it's this is a night game too. Like the games like starting six forty seven o'clock. So at night it's even colder. Yeah, they're saying polar vortex is the cause, which sounds pretty intense. It sounds like a Gatorade <laughs> flavor. <laughs> Tom Brady's gonna have to get his giant coat out again <laughs> on the field, or an even bigger coat. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> you'll wear two coats. <laughs> Let me see here. This says the record for the coldest NFL game in history dates back to December 31st, 1967. The summer of love had cooled off so much there was a game in Green Bay that was played in minus 13 degree Fahrenheit weather. Minus 13. That is minus 25 degrees Celsius. (laughs) That's pretty darn... I mean... You could walk outside and it would be a normal Canadian winter, but playing football with yeah. tight pants on. and If you had a snowsuit on, yeah, not an right. issue. But if yeah. you're trying to throw and catch a football in that. Some of the models, too, have this Arctic blast literally right over Arrowhead Stadium. Who gets the advantage there? Either team or do you think it hinders both of them equally? I would think that would help New England because, like, Kansas City's whole game is like right now, especially since uh, they released Kareem Hunt, is like more passing than running the ball. They could, they got some guys who can run, but really they're they're a passing attack. But when you have that, that's like you're doing you're thinking about like shorter passes and like the Patriots always the just like dink, dink and dunk, and that's what like the Patriots do. Yeah. So I would I would say this almost like helps the Patriots. Yeah, if they're projecting like or predicting maybe a tornado was going to come, Kansas would feel right at home. <laughs> the polar vortex. They're used to practicing yeah. in tornadoes. The polar vortex is a northeast thing. <laughs> and plus, colder weather means that the air in those footballs is going to shrink oh. a little bit. So Science. Tom Brady, he uh, won't even have to send someone into the bathroom to <laughs> deflate them before the game himself. Juno Awards coming to London March 17th, the big uh, awards ceremony over at Budweiser Gardens. And we just got this press release. For immediate release, we now know who is going to be inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame at the 2019 Juno Awards. Live on television from London, Ontario. Corey Hart! What? Yeah, that Corey Hart, Jim. How is he not in the Hall of Fame already? No one could find him. He's always incognito. <laughs> Wear my sunglasses at night. This is a good song. This is This is a guilty pleasure song of mine for sure. When this one comes on at the club, call the office on Sunday nights. This is my jam. Just like the part where it goes in the chorus. 
Sound almost identical to your rhythmics, um, sweet, sweet dreams, a little bit. Yeah, that's This has got to be Corey Hart's biggest hit. This part? No, the next, the, the guitar slide. Well, this means Corey Hart is going to be in London for the Juno Awards. This part. This is it. What a riff. Don't you dare switch the blade on the guy in shades, Jim. <laughs> It'll be neat to see Corey up there. Hopefully he's wearing his sunglasses when he makes his acceptance speech. What other big songs does Corey Hart have? Oh, this one's pretty good, too. You know this one? No. Cause just a little more time could open close the doors. Just a little You don't know this dude? I don't recognize it right now. Get ready for it. Here comes here comes the the, the kick in. Honestly, I had no idea he was Canadian. Like, really, those are his two big songs. Uh huh. Those are his two hits. But they were worldwide hits back in the 80s. A lot of Canadian artists don't have the breakthrough success that Corey Hart had with Sunglasses at Night. At yeah. that song, you, if you're over in Europe, you're going to hear Sunglasses at Night played. Yeah. You know the, you know Corey Hart was huge when he's referenced on The Simpsons with the Corey Hart hotline release as a crush on him? She calls it up and it's like, you've reached the Corey Hart hotline. So, you know he's a star. Was that Corey Hart or Corey Feldman and who's the other Corey? The Corey's Corey, uh... Corey Haim. Corey Haim. I think you're thinking of Corey I think Haim. It was the Corey Hart hotline. I and, could be wrong. No, it was it the Corey... I think it was just the Corey hotline. And I think they they meant Haim. Corey Haim will not be at oh, the Juno Awards because... I'm getting my Corey's mixed up. He's dead, so... <laughs> no, that... Hold on a second. The Corey I'll hotline. Wasn't it just the Corey hotline? Hi, FM 96. Yeah, it was just the Corey hotline. It was just the Corey hotline. Oh, okay. I always thought it was about Corey Hart. Well, I mean, Corey Hart was part of the joke because in the 80s, all the hunky guys were named Corey. Mm-hmm. You had your Feldman, your Haim, and your Hart. Yeah. <laughs> so. I Here's some words that rhyme with Corey. <laughs> Story, allegory. I would say that uh, the hunkiest out of those, those three Coreys, uh, in 2019 is Corey Hart. Definitely. He right. won that battle. He's out hunking Feldman for sure now, and as I said, Haim is no longer with us. There you go. Corey Hart is going to be inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame at the 2019 Juno Awards.